Hi, welcome back to Tales from the Pits. If you have a chance, we'd certainly like to ask you to review or rate our podcast at whatever site you listen to, whether it's iTunes, Google Play Store, or Podbean, or elsewhere. We would certainly appreciate it. In other news, we've launched our Instagram account where we will include photos from our interviews and podcasts. Just go to Instagram, search for Tales from the Pits, and you can follow us there. Let's continue our talk at Bodacious Barbecue with Jordan Jackson and Scott Turner, and we'll introduce you to their newest pit hand, Brian Bingham. When we left off last time, Jordan had returned to the original location, which reopened, and Scott was still off in Wyoming cooking at a ski resort. So Jordan is uh, doing his thing, just opened in June of 2015, and uh, get you know we're still in contact, obviously, and talking, and uh, I'm following him on social media and whatnot, and seeing how he's doing, and all the while just treading water, just getting my ass kicked in the fine dining world, and just how it is, you know. When I'm down here, just... Watching the sunrise in the mornings and stuff. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the, the, one of the turn-ons of the barbecue world has always been hurry up and wait. Now, you get there early, but but you get everything on, and you drink a cup of coffee and chill out. Where at the fine dining game, you get there, and you race against the clock to get everything done on time. And then you open, you get your ass kicked. Then you close, you clean up your mess you've made, and then you do it all over again. And so I got to the point where I was treading water there in Wyoming and uh, at the Blue Lion. Granted, learned a lot. Had, met some great people. and uh, I mean, I've... I've made so many friends along the way of like, you know, from Texas to, to Georgia to, you know, back to Dallas to Wyoming. And there's so many, so many good friends you make, but I was still kind of just like, you know, kind of, I just need to, there's something not right. Like I'm still not happy. I need to, I'm not doing what I know I want to do, but I know I, it needs to be food. This is all I've ever done. And, uh, and again, what the, the, while Jordan was at Stanley's, he's always trying to get me to come down. And uh, he says, you know, I've got this, you know, I've, I've reopened the original Bodacious. I've got me and a guy working the cash register and a guy cl- helping me clean. And that's pretty much it. He's like, I could definitely use a guy like you down here to help me out. And that's what, now that I knew it was his and I knew it was, it was really real, it wasn't just going to work for somebody else with him, that that was, uh, that was a bit of a turn on it. And so we got to, I got to working again. And a few months later, about October of 2015, I, uh, I'm just kind of just sitting there treading water doing the fine dining game that just never ends. It's exactly the same every day. And uh, I got to the point where Jordan, uh, you know, kept in contact. Like, dude, the door's always open. You're always welcome if you want to come down. And uh, I got to thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? It would be really cool to be able to open my own barbecue place because that was the, the entire, you know, restaurant game. The, the end game is to open your own place because you you're not going to make much money personally if you don't own a place. You're not going to make much money if you own a son of a bitch either. <laughs> <laughs> You've just but, crushed his dream. The idea of pulling these 12 to 14 hour shifts in the fine dining world and you're busting your ass and you're doing it for somebody else. And they're not doing a damn thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're making all this money. You're putting out good product. And, is, but is you don't part of that it. difference in fine dining, because I don't know this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Is that you're farther separated from the customer, oh, the end user of your product, and in barbecue you're much closer. I mean, you know, the, and here is an example: you've got the cutting board, you're you're actually cutting for that individual. You've got eye contact; you're talking to them you're at front of the house and back of the they house. Have, right. You know, they got the splatter guard, and sometimes they jump back because like <laughs> you're like hitting super fatty piece of brisket and it explodes on the. On the sneeze guard over there and he jumped. That's cool. Yeah. Not that you want it to get like. It's like SeaWorld, you've got a splash zone, right? You From now on, you have this little area. Yeah. <laughs> Back to those briskets jumping out of the river. There you go, yeah. the Snake River brisket. Yes. <laughs> so you get to a point where, like, he's, he's got his thing going, and I'm thinking, 
You know, I would love to. I've always wanted to open my own restaurant, and in my mind, it has always been fine dining because that's all I've ever really done. You know, aside from the little bit of catering and other random experience I've had, it's always been predominantly fine dining. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to learn something new, this is the best opportunity that I could possibly ever have. Because you've got the godfather of you know East Texas barbecue and Roland Lindsay, and and he, you know you got Jordan Jackson who just so happened to marry into that family and has been working in barbecue his entire life more or less. <laughs> and so it's like, what two guys could I learn from you know and get any more than these guys? So I might as well you know just jump. <coughs> Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta go for it. And so it's quite the move to go from uh, that you know fine dining hardcore just balls to the wall busy busy life of the fine dining world. And uh, made the big move and said, you know what, screw it. I've done it before, I'll do it again, let's just go. And so we went. I, uh, I packed everything up, packed the dog up and everything, and went and even lived with Jordan and his wife, Paige, for about three months before I actually got my own place. And Even and just, while I lived at the barbecue place at one point. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, trials and tribulations of, yeah. of the world. But, uh, no, so I, I moved down here in uh, December 6th of 2015, and... Uh, have my first little run through of at that point we were open, only open Tuesday uh, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, so I you know we're you, you move, working and we're moving right along and things are going great. So we decide a month later to open up uh, because every, you know learning everything pretty quickly and everything's going smooth and uh, I'm totally loving it this whole time because I you know the hours are a definite adjustment you know find out and get to work about eleven to you know eleven o'clock or noon more or less, in the in the middle of the day. And then you work your ass off until midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You go out and party, and, you know, your usual restaurant shenanigans, and then you uh, and then you sleep in because you're hungover, and then you go back and do it all over again. And so now coming to the barbecue game, I'm waking up at 4.45 in the morning and trying to get to work by 5 on time. And uh, <laughs> it's a definite change. <laughs> and, so it's, and what else, like, you know, obviously there's a shift in – kind of culture even from one to the other as you got into barbecue though you know you were doing a little bit here and there what kind of things did you learn overcome or, or obstacles that you had to encounter as you got into cooking briskets and ribs and doing more of the the obviously barbecue centric menu well it's you know like the only experience to that point i had was sitting here cooking on my pellet grill you know or my or my kmart offset so <laughs> Uh, the fact that I'm making this huge job, I walk in and shout out to Kmart. Shout out to Kmart. <laughs> I want to see a Kmart offset now. <laughs> While y'all talk, I'm going to Google the Kmart signature edition. <laughs> but uh, but no, so I get to, I get used to doing that, and that's like the, my barbecue experience. You know, like I I can trim a you know a beef tenderloin faster than anybody I know. But aside from that, that's I mean you know I I'll, you know I'll trim a side of halibut if you want me to. But if you, you want me to trim a brisket, I'd stare at you. You know, like uh, what do I do? And so the, the fact that I could come in and have the knowledge from Jordan and Roland and you come into this, you know, these four massive pits and, and uh, the whole change in aspect, I mean, it's like a 180 degree turn from what I was doing. And so when you, when you take it all on, I knew I had the, you know, the culinary experience and the general ideas of what needs to be done and that work ethic of just, you know, you've got to grind and put your hours in because it, it, nothing comes easy. But uh, it's been uh, it's been a, a very very pleasant change from what I've been used to. But I always warned you, whenever you got into the barbecue restaurant, everything's going to be completely different than anything you know. It's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similarities with other restaurants, but I've always thought the, the the barbecue industry was it was its own entity. It's it's different. Nobody can just not everybody can just pick up and just start working at a barbecue place that knows something about food. It's just like. Brian over there is. We found 
I found Brian. I have my, uh, I stalked him online. He's our yeah, so newest let's, guy. Let's, yeah, let's let's introduce him as this well. Is Brian Bing, Bingham. Bingham. Yes. Bingham doesn't even Bingham. know his name. He's been working here. Hi, Bingham. <laughs> uh, no. So, um, so you've added another pit hand. Yeah. And and you've done this because the business has grown, and, and we kind of need to circle back a little bit, maybe. Yeah. But but um, you mentioned Brian. Go ahead and introduce him and, this and is how you Brian brought him Bingham. along. Say hi, Brian. Hello, hello, hi. Um, Brian's I, another uh, chef, though. He is a chef. Right? He is a classically trained chef as well. Um, like barbecue tinder, how this happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, he swiped whichever I, way yeah, he's supposed I, to swipe. I swipe. We swipe right. Hey, Brian. Okay. When we create barbecue tinder, we will not need <laughs> any sponsors. <laughs> Patent pending. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, Something tells me a lot of rib sandwiches will be eaten on barbecue tinder. Yes, I'm going oh, yeah. to sell the shit out of some rib sandwiches. Um, but I, I've known Brian's wife for probably 12 years from my old band I used to play in. Um, but I've been following Brian on social media for a while and and knew him because he came here and I talked to him at Red Dirt and stuff because I recognized Kimmy and then I met him and so I every week Brian's like fucking drinking beer and like posting pictures of pork butts and briskets every bit of us with meat church spices and shout out to Mount Pittman that's one of my really really good friends uh, I love meat church as well he's a uh, best hair in barbecue um, best hair <laughs> love you buddy but so Brian was always cooking barbecue, and it's always really great looking barbecue. And he's doing, he always had a picture of a smoker, and I'm thinking, dude's cooking some damn good barbecue on a little Kmart offset. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually from Academy. Academy offset. Oh, okay, wait. The old Pecos. Uh, yes. The old country Pecos. Yes. But yeah. I love that. I've got two in my garage right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I just bought one because. Yeah. Long story, but yeah. If you look at, here's, okay, we're going to sidetrack just a little bit. Go look at the Franklin video, Cooking with Franklin, and called The Payoff. Yeah, In the background, it's an old country yeah, Pecos. That's how yeah. I learned what's from that. Is this going to be the greatest podcast ever sold? It could be. By the way, shout out to Old Country. <laughs> well, we already have Old Country pits, so you know we, you know, we're, we're trying to we're trying to get a little bit larger pit. But anyway, back and, back to Brian. Uh, and if you're listening, Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I had been following Brian on social media, and I noticed the dude was always cooking barbecue. And I knew he was going through culinary school, and he graduated. And I was like digging what he was doing, and I thought. You know, for where we're at, there's not much food talent in this area. Like culinary, I, I like to hire chefs because I'm a chef. And um, I well, well, what do you what do you think <coughs> that brings to the table? Like, I, I, I believe no it brings a little bit more prior knowledge and discipline, um, an, an understanding. Like it's a language that we can all speak because we were all trained under the French influence. Uh, yeah, if you're French trained, you learn to get your ass handed to yeah, you. Yeah, you do, and we we know and we respect Shout out to each other. Training. <laughs> Shout out to So, I, I saw that he was um, cooking barbecue and he had it uh, chef training. So, I just I'm a very very patient person. As it took me three years to get Scott to move here, and I watched Brian. <laughs> and you wooed your wife back. And I wooed my wife. I'm a very, very patient person. And, um, that's why we cook our briskets for 26 hours. Hashtag 44 Farms. Know your rancher. Shout out 
shout out. Yeah, to yeah. Let's give Farms. a shout out to Forty Four Farms. And, and again, we're, we don't want to keep segueing and sidetracking, but you did yeah. switch yes. uh, to Forty Four Farms not too long ago. But. Uh, yes, we are. We are the happiest client on earth. But so I've been following Brian for a really long time and watching his progress. Your barbecue just kept getting better and better just from pictures, and I, I know barbecue through pictures pretty well. So. Yeah, it's getting a little creepy, actually, at this point. <laughs> yeah. you know. Slightly stuck. I peek over his fence and it smelled excellent. <laughs> I used to pick at the bark when he went inside, you know, and sneak and slither in there like a snake. And, so how did uh, this deal get done? How so was it consummated? my wife and I went to Starbucks, where Brian was working at the time, and um, we were in the drive-thru, and I looked, and I was like, I saw the girl that was working the window, and I was like, hey, is Brian in there? She's like, Yes. Uh, he came over there to the window, and I was like, hey, um, I've, been, I've been thinking about hiring somebody in barbecue. Uh, you want to work? And I was kind of being, like, quiet and whispery about it because it's pretty messed you, up. You asked for a smoked latte. Yes. <laughs> that old keyword. And um, so he's like, well, hell yeah. And it was kind of weak, awkward that I was doing that, and I felt really bad because I would hate somebody coming here and still, hey, Scott, I'm – I'm Aaron Franklin, and you want to come work for me, and that would be, you know, it'd be messed up. I'm on my way. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron Franklin. His name is Scott Turner. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it it all worked out like that. I told I told him I said you're gonna have to be patient. We, I knew that we were fixing to be in a top fifty. It was a while. It was a while. Yeah, it was it was a while. But I couldn't tell anybody I was going to be in the top 50, so I knew it, and I knew that good things were going to happen, but I, I just financially, I could barely afford me and Scott. I mean, we're, we're, we were getting paid way too much for the amount of money we were running. <laughs> now we're getting underpaid for the amount of money we're running. <laughs> Hashtag raises. Um, Roland, you listen. But, so I told Brian to just be patient, and I want to have you in here, and then finally, like, we've been doing so well, I just texted Brian. Or messaged you. I didn't even have yeah. a number. I was like, yeah, uh, when can you start? Kind Contacted of, him on Tinder. Kind yeah. of, a, yeah, yeah. I swiped right and mm-hmm. he was there. And so I got him to start working here. And I was like, one of the, my second favorite move second. that I've made. And um, <laughs> it's he, he's been an incredible addition to this team. And he's already, he, he did a lot of the cooking today. I mean, he's only been here a week. And cooking on a high level and we're very particular and very anal about everything but we're we're also understand that you have to learn this business somehow and you can't just learn it if we won't turn anything yeah. over to you and trial dude, by fire he killed it today yeah so and today I, I think we talked to you a little bit earlier Brian today was one of the first days where they kind of let you to your own devices a little bit yeah uh, there was a, a point where Jordan had to go do something and Scott was on the block and you know, so I could, you know, stay in the back and be scared and not do anything <laughs> and just let everything die or just kind of, you know, jump in there and do it. And, and uh, Scott had told me I was going to be on rib duty today, taking care of those. And, you know, I thought, well, they're up there and, you know, Jordan's gone. So I, I saw them doing everything and how to manage the fires and stuff. So I just jumped up in there and, and took care of it. And, it was cool. I, I told everyone, you know, today I had my big boy pants on. So, I mean, it was it was really fun. I mean, it's it's only been a week, but you know, it's it's been a blast so far. And hoping to keep you know going and doing all that. And yeah, uh, we had the ribs today. They were excellent. So good job. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Had some baby backs. They uh, 
had, had a nice little uh, flavor on them, a really good smoke. So good job with that. And if, you know, four years from now, if you've left this place and opened up a time event place, we're going to say that, you know, we're going to take every bit of credit for that. <laughs> 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 we gave them that confidence on the fifth day. So yeah. And from there, right. I just ran with it. So, yeah, if there's any chefs out there that are looking for <laughs> – to work in a barbecue place. I like chefs. I don't really like hiring scrubs off the street. No offense, guys. <laughs> Dang it, Al. There's my chance out the door. Oh, you're good. Actually, Andrew's okay. He does have a chef background. But, um, yeah, we, we'll talk about that in some other podcast. It's <laughs> we'll been turn kind the mics of, off here and we'll then talk about it's that. It's been, been kind <laughs> of under, <laughs> underground there. Um, so, and we can kind of get into this, I think. Um, Scott, you know, your ultimate goal is to um, to have something of your own, right? Absolutely, yeah. That was the, uh, like I mentioned before, like the uh, the overall process of making money in the, in the culinary industry. You can work your ass off for 12 to 15 hours a day, but in the end, you're doing it for somebody else unless you own it. And, uh, and it's always been my goal to own it, and up until, before, up until 2015... December of 2015, I should say, I, the whole thought was to do fine dining. Like, that was the, that's all I knew. Like, that's how, how it's going to have to be. Mm-hmm. And then so when Jordan extended the invitation once again, after, you know, you know, after three years or so, of, uh, you know, finally, you know, just get your ass down here and we'll work it out. You know, so I, that, that was my, uh, you know, my, the, the light bulb in my head was, you know, I got I to get down there and I got I to gotta learn. And so uh, the... The whole barbecue process itself is it's so much fun and like I said before it's it's a great change from the from, from fine dining world. So I've learned a hell of a lot from Roland and, and Jordan and everything. And so I, the uh, the ultimate goal is to uh, extend this Texas barbecue that that Franklin started the, that whole renaissance of of uh, you know wrapping your briskets and and having a menu that doesn't have plates on it and having you know you're selling by the pound or by the sandwich and. And just really like true good Texas brisket and all that good stuff and rib sandwiches and rib sandwiches. I would uh, I would really want to have that uh, and you know and, and broaden the you know, the the horizon because right now you know we we've got the Texas top top, uh, top fifty or Texas monthly top fifty and that but it's, it entails everybody in Texas and uh, and everybody's got their opinion on barbecue across the country across the country but I want to bring what we do here to more. You know, well, it's kind of broaden the horizons of the entire aspect in itself. And uh, I've got family in Seattle, and my brother and sister both live up there. And uh, so that was my end game was to uh, to open my own place. And my first thought was, oh, I'll go back to Dallas where I'm from. That's that's a good start. But you know, you got Pecan Lodge, and you, and you got a Cadillac and everybody, and it's, it's a pretty, you know pretty saturated and the boys market. Boys at Hutchins and our boys at Hutchins, and uh, it's a, it's a rather saturated market. And. I would love to uh, to be able to bring what we do up to a place that doesn't doesn't really know what good barbecue really is. So you know? no no tossed salad and scrambled eggs. No no Fraser going on at uh, in my barbecue place by any means. <laughs> we are, uh, but I want I want to bring that you know that that simplistic kind of aspect to what we got going on here. Like you walk in, you get you get your barbecue chop right in front of you. You know you get you get exactly what you pay for. You know what you're getting. It's not ordering from a cashier and then it just shows up with a number on it. You know, like you're going to see exactly what you get. I'm going to conversate with you while I'm doing it. It's a, there's a very personable experience that happens when you mm-hmm. walk into a place that has a block where you walk right up to it and talk, and, uh, and order from. And, uh, and it, it's also a good way to <coughs> the, 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 that whole relationship that our, our uh, regular customers get from being able to walk in here and and talk to us and you know they're not you know they're talking to the people that are doing it they're not, not talking to just some 
hourly employee or whatever. And uh, and that makes them much less likely to give a poor Yelp review, right? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so when they hate Real it... Real barbecue really eaters don't do Yelp <laughs> <laughs> But I would love to be able to take what we're doing here at Bodacious and be able to... Uh, to spread the, the brisket love, as it were, you know, because it, it's a it's a very untapped market as far as what's uh, what's available up there, and I feel like we, we're doing so well over here to to put out the product that we're doing here in a in a, in a food town like Seattle would be fantastic, and that's my goal. And and on out on the west coast, I mean, Trudy's Underground's getting a lot of press lately. And Robert Lerma's uh, there right now. Robert yeah. Lerma's there, and pictures look amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely cool. heard a lot. Um, I'm waiting for the brisket to have a Stetson on it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love you, Lerma. Robert Lerma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I, uh, shout out to Stetson. I need a hat. Um, and on, but on top of that, La Barbecue is obviously moving out there um, mm-hmm. in L.A., um, fittingly for the name, right? Um, and Jack's is in, and Jack Timmons, I believe, is his last name, is out in Seattle as well. So, uh, you know, the nucleus is kind of forming out there for that Texas-style barbecue. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would love to be able to get out there and, uh, you know, really just kind of spread the barbecue family because that was one thing that, that turned me off about the fine dining world was the competition about it. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not the biggest competitor in the world. I don't have that gene in me, really. But the uh, in the fine dining world, the one thing that was synonymous with everywhere you went was everybody was trying to top each other. Everybody was trying to be better than the next guy. And, but when you come to the barbecue world, especially now that the top fifty came out and we've been a part of that, you know, I mean, obviously number four has been a whole other thing in, in itself. But the, it's an amazing the, achievement, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> we appreciate that. I still don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's it still seems like a daydream sometimes. But we, uh, you know, as you get to get to doing what we're doing and. You get to form these relationships with the, the other people involved, like the guys from Evie Mays or, you know, Truth or, you know, anybody. You know, all those guys, you know, Russell Regal's down in Houston, any, all these guys we're friends with, you know, uh, you know Joseph over Riverport, it's, uh, you get to form these relationships and we're not battling against each other. We're, like, spreading the barbecue love, you know. The market, the market seems big enough to Absolutely. support it, and so it's not like you're not cutting in each other's territories or anything like exactly. that as well. Exactly. Yeah. We, we all know that Texas could be its own nation. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was at one point. Yeah, right. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, there's plenty of uh, barbecue glory to go around, so it's not like I need to top this guy or I need to be better than that guy. It's, you know, let's share knowledge and let's be part of a family, like a barbecue family. So I, I would love to be able to go up, up to Seattle and be able to, you know, kind of start that same thing. Well, we've uh, we've we've talked around it for for the entire podcast, so let's get to it. Um, we've we've interviewed a few guys from the Texas Monthly Top Fifty list already, and one of the first things that we always like to hear the story of is when you guys found out number four. You know what was what was that moment like for you when 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 the list finally was published? Eight a.m. May twenty second. Well, I'll give you my perspective because we are closed on uh, Sundays and Mondays. And Monday, <coughs> Monday, because we do our little marathon smoke, as uh, Daniel Bonnet put it, uh, we we start our briskets on Monday for Tuesday. And so we Jordan and I trade off, and we'll do uh, every other week. We'll trade off, and that Monday. Yeah, that particular Monday, Jordan was working, and uh, and I was sleeping in. And I remember I woke up. From my perspective, I woke up first thing to a text message, and it was from Jordan, and it said, dude, we're number four. And the, my first thought was, bullshit. You're <laughs> fucking lying. There's no way. There's no <coughs> way. Like, I, that's a, the meanest joke in the world, and you, sir, are a piece of shit for trying to get <laughs> And then, so the first thing I do, obviously, is get online, and, you know, because, of the, you know, social media-wise, what you follow and stuff, that's the first thing I see when, I, when it pops up. It's the text monthly. I click on it, and I uh, got a bit confused because it was... Uh, you know, uh, listed by uh, area, alphabetically, alphabetically by, yeah. by city. Alphabetically by city, 
And so I'm looking at it, and I'm a bit confused. I'm looking through it, and I'm like, okay, like I'm looking for us, and I see us, and then I look over, and I'm like, wait, is that number four? Like they have a kind of you know fancy font on their artwork. <laughs> and I was like, is that, that's a four. I was like, he wasn't bullshitting. Holy crap! Like we we got number four. That's ridiculous. Like I we because you know Texas Monthly will contact you a month beforehand or so, just a bit. Like they don't tell you anything, but they they want information from you just so they have their facts straight. And so we knew we were probably going to be a part of it. What the hell is that? But we didn't think that uh, we would be. You know, we didn't think we were going to be that high up. And so when uh, when it became number four, it's like. Wow, you know that's all I could say. Well, it was like it was dumbfounded. I was basically speechless. For me, I was. I had to unload a um, a eighteen wheeler full of ketchup for, at the spice factory, and it was like raining. And I got done at like seven forty, and I was like, uh, I think that list comes out at eight o'clock. So <coughs> Roland and Nancy were there with me. I was like, I'll sit here. Nancy brought us some Whataburger biscuits. <laughs> we were eating. And so around 8 o'clock, you know, you're sitting there refreshing and whatever. So I, I started going through it, and I read the list. And I didn't even realize that there was numbers besides names and stuff. So <laughs> I, I was like, well, where's the top ten? I thought that Ronnie Killen had taken number one. I was seeing who's going to take over Franklin. So... I had started, uh, I read, read it all, and I was like, well, do they have like a, are they going to re-release the top ten later or something? So I was like, I didn't even know it. And so I I scrolled back to the top and read it again, and then I saw a, a number two by Snows. No, who was the first? No, Franklin. Franklin was two, was yeah. Fr- I saw a two, and I was like, wait, is that number two? I thought it was just like artwork beside each one of them. <laughs> didn't even realize it was the number two. I was like, Franklin is number two? Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, that is fucking crazy. That dude's got the best barbecue ever. So I started scrolling and scrolling, and I saw who would have been. I guess Truth would have been in Brenham. And I saw like a 10. I was like, oh, my God. I figured that would have been higher. And I'm like scrolling, and I saw Lexington before Longview. And I was like, oh, my God. Tootsie is number one. How awesome is that? I was so excited. And then I kept scrolling. I saw Longview, Texas in a four. And I said, I just sat there. And Roland and Nancy said, what's going on? I was like, we're number four in the state of Texas. And And of course, that means number four in the world. I don't know about all that. And I was just like, how could that be? I, I was in such denial. And I'm proud of our product. Don't get me wrong. But, you know. You know when you're a kid and you like see Michael Jordan playing basketball or all these people and you're like, you're never going to be on the same page as these guys. Why would you even consider it? And then like Louie Mueller and and uh, Wayne and all them and Franklin and all these places and then like... Yeah, yeah top ten is rarefied <coughs> air and I mean it, it is, it is like, again, not to understate this at all, it's a great achievement to be on that, that it, top ten. It was... It really fucking floored me and and I'm like, I am sitting sitting here in between Louis Mueller Barbecue and Franklin Barbecue and Snow Barbecue. There's this got to be a misprint. This is this can't be true. These are the people we read about all the time. These are the people that you look up to and you you go eat their food and stuff. You know, like people don't come eat our food because of who we are. They we go eat their food because of who they are. And they do now, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, this is fucking crazy there is no way 
And that day, I had to charge my phone two times, 100%, because I had so many messages and phone calls and social medias and all that. And and, and so... I used... See, I was telling Roller and him, I was like, I'll just stay here at the warehouse with y'all and just see what happens. So I'll kind of plan my day according to... I'll plan my day for the... Um, what I'm going to prep that day. And we always cook like six briskets on a Tuesday. And I was like, we'll cook 20 since, since they put us number four. We'll cook 20. And I'll, I got to work and started trimming. And then all of a sudden, two news stations showed up. And I'm like, what, what are you doing here? And then a like newspaper showed line, up. We're going to need a bigger boat. And I looked at him and I'm like, you're just going to have to get in line. This is getting out of hand. I, I, y'all are like weirding me out. And all this media just starts showing up and just like interviews after interview. And I'm like, trying to cook briskets and stuff. I'm like, y'all are, I really appreciate it. And I, I don't like cameras and stuff like that. And it was just like, the whole day was a blur. I, I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it's true. First, probably the first couple of weeks, really. <clears throat> it, it, I still do not believe that this is where we are in barbecue and in the household name status, I guess you would call it, and it freaks me out. It really does. I am. This it, is not why earned, I got right? into it. And one of the things is that this, it's an earned thing, right? It's it not is. given; it is earned, and you you guys earned it. And you know, to see the comeback that you did, to come back here to reopen the building, mm -hmm. to build it, to you know, to hold true to both standards of tradition and improving the product. You know, you switched over to prime brisket. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that obviously you had to adjust your pricing for course, that as well, right? Of course. Um, in this neighborhood, that took a little bit of uh, adjustment, I believe, as well. It did. Um, this is not a traditional $20 a pound neighborhood. It's a lower class uh, demographic. People just don't have the money over here like they do in these larger cities where you think that, these people should be in the top ten. It's um, this isn't big city barbecue, no, this and, is, and this is not a big city <coughs> area of town. On it's top not of that, backwoods barbecue either. No. It means it's um, it's bodacious barbecue. It's what Roland's always known. He just always did what he did, and I just wanted to carry on his tradition with the, his attention to detail and quality. That I just—that's all I wanted to do was pay be like. To service what he's done and try to do it to the best of my ability with with Scott and you know we got Scott about six months in and you know we didn't look at it for trying to be at the top we just we kind of joke you know sometimes we're like well if you're going to serve food act like Daniel Bond's eating it every time serve it serve it like you're serving a Daniel Bond I mean that's a goofy little statement but. Why would you not want to do that? Every day, every customer. Every day, every customer. From the first person that walks into the last, they need to have the quality taste the same. That is our goal, is to make it taste the same at 5 o'clock. And y'all had some brisket today at 5 o'clock and at 10. And I would say it was pretty close to the same. If not even better at 5. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was incredibly impressive. Very that, impressive. That is my goal. It's not to be top upper echelon or anything. I just want to make sure... That people are getting twenty dollar a pound brisket or fifteen dollar pound ribs and all that. We want it to be a great experience. We want them to have the music, the small tables, um, 
having to sit with people they don't know because there's such few seats in here. We want them to have an experience. It's an interesting thing about barbecue <coughs> and, you know, yeah. especially in this world of introverts and internet, it, it, it is sometimes a little off-putting, to be honest, at, at first. It is. And, you know, I, I'm uncomfortable, to be honest, mm-hmm. sitting at strangers. But what happens is when you do, then you start that conversation because you have one thing in common at the table. You do. You have barbecue. And so you have a starting point, and mm-hmm. then you can take carry that conversation on. Um, we've met so many people, um, in not just on the barbecue runs because of the, the passport, but on yeah, barbecue runs before. And um, it's great to see these people come around. Now, to kind of go back to the local clientele, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the menu, you're doing the prime brisket now, you're doing um, you know, what some people may call high-end barbecue, yeah. right? definitely top 10 barbecue, but you're also doing things like beans and sloppy joes to cater to the local crowd. That's, that's something I think that Roland put in place and, and kind of drove home, and you've, you've stayed very true to that as well. Well, it's, Roland's, a, to me, he was a genius of not ever letting anything go to waste. He is, he grew up with not much money, and he still has that mindset where you, you don't waste things. He'll eat, if we drop a hot link on the ground and step on it and then roll around on the ground on top of it, <laughs> Roland will pick it up and eat it. And the man's made all the money, enough money for 50 families, you know, to... Well, but but that was the that was the <coughs> origins of, of yeah. a lot of smoked meat anyway. Was it was literally the leftover? Yes. It was not brisket, ribs, and sausage, as, as other people have mentioned as well. But it's true. It was just the leftover meat. It was a way to to, to not waste that meat. And sausage itself is a way to to get rid of that meat that that's trimming. He, it's trims. He is like like that was like the whole point of a sloppy Joe. You know, like sometimes when you're making a chopped beef sandwich. Guess what? Um, you know, when you make a chopped beef, you're not a perfect scale every time you cut one. And we're heavy-handed, and we always have a little bit left over. What are you going to do with it? What if you don't have a customer come in next? What do you do with that? We put it in a pot and make sloppy joe out of it. Well, so and, and you offer the sloppy, right. It's, it's a buck <coughs> eighty-five plus tax. Yeah. And you're offering that because it's, it's, a, it's almost a service to the community. I may not want to go that far but but it's an no, option it for people. It's you know, pretty pretty close to what it is. I mean, we even have the uh, students like we have Laterno University right across the street. If we give uh, we give uh, free drinks to Laterno students. So if you were let's say a starving college student who's you know living out of his dorm, you can come to Bodacious. You can get a you know after tax two dollar flat sloppy joe. Get a free drink and free beans. And free beans as well, so yeah. That's a whole meal with, with bread. For, with, with bread, pickles, peppers, onions, all that stuff for two bucks. Yeah. Like, you can't beat that. You they, know, that, that beats the hell out of all the ramen I had. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. You know, that university's been so good to to Roland and them, and Roland's been so good to that university, and it's just a great relationship that we have with them. And anything they want, I am all for it. I, I, I get right in there and try to help that university because... They're bringing in people not only from all around this country, but all over this world. I mean, for we're in Longview, Texas. We feed people from every continent and just about every country on a weekly basis. You got Komatsu down here. They're a Japanese-owned company. We feed people from... Is it a tractor company? Straight up Japan all the time. Bringing in chopsticks. I've got pictures of people <laughs> eating first, brisket with chopsticks. First ever barbecue experience. Sloppy Joe's with chopsticks. They brought chopsticks in here and were eating the barbecue with chopsticks. Wow, to me, it was awesome. like it was yeah. one of the most coolest experiences I've ever had with barbecue. Getting to watch them eat their first bite of barbecue, and they couldn't speak English, and they were 
I made them a sandwich, a mailman, and they were like doing the symbol of like, this is how you eat it. You grab it and you eat it. And it was like a very foreign concept to them. And I'm like, that is how different our our communities are. But yeah, it was just like, that we connection. all had the same understanding. They were like, they were like crazy about it, the barbecue. And, and that's uh, it's funny because we've, you know, like I said, Brian and I have been doing these barbecue runs for years, and obviously the Passport has brought a whole another sect of people doing the runs and and things like that. But, you know, for us, and we've said it on the podcast before, we've said it on social media before, that's why we do these crazy runs where we might hit two stops in a day, we might hit ten stops in a day, and it's not just to eat a little bit of barbecue, it's to get that communal experience that, you know, we, the people we've met, as far as pitmasters, customers, you know, we, we had a guy that's you know slicing sausage at the pit at, at, in Schulenburg. I know we've talked about this in the podcast before. <laughs> but I'm going to drop his name again, yeah. Arthur. Yeah, shout out to Arthur. Shout out to Arthur in Schulenburg, who worked at Kreitz when the whole feud was happening with the Schmitz. I mean, that guy witnessed Texas barbecue history, and you know that's that's why we do these things that we do these silly little barbecue trips is because. You get to hear these stories and see these things that you guys get to live every day, um, which is which is just a really cool experience. And it looks like you know, up in Longview, you guys have been able to see such a such a shift in you know in your customer base from locals that come in every day and that come in every day. You were telling mm-hmm. us a story earlier about you know customers that came in in the '60s when Roland first opened this place all that still come in today, like all, all the time. Opening day customers. I mean, like. that's amazing. That's almost 50 years of patronage to <coughs> a restaurant. That's that's phenomenal. Uh, with the way that our place is set up, like when you're standing in the front of the line there on the block while, while we're cutting for you, if you look past us, you'll see a glass window, and then you'll see Roland sitting there, and he's always back there, always you know just hanging out. He wants to be around the barbecue and everything, and to have all of those loyal customers. Aside from all these new people we've been getting in because of all this Top 50 stuff, you get these little customers that will look and be like, is that Roland? Like, I used to come back here in 1972. Like, yeah, that's the guy. <coughs> He's still sitting there. And that, that's Amazing. amazing. And that, that's one thing that, that I definitely, you know, I know we're, we're running short on time, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go do the pits and talk about a couple other things. But how has this Top 50 thing been for Roland? Like, I mean, that's, you know, th- this has got to be such a different experience. He, I think he loves it. He, he... Roland likes to it's, see. It's things. a vindication of his life's work, yes. or does he just? And, and to be honest, some people just don't give a shit. They want to cook barbecue, right? But <coughs> but, it, but it's a huge achievement. I mean, to to build something. To see the bodacious name there, yeah. number I, four. I, I I've, I've said this before. Like I did it for him, and I also am doing it for him. And like I, it's finally time that people get to see how great his products are. That sauce on the shelf right there. There's not a better made barbecue sauce, and I'm not talking about the ingredients that go into it. I'm talking about the spices that go into it and stuff. It is, it's so well made, and it will not break. He's like you talking about. I think I'm patient. He'll open up a jar of sauce and let it sit for two years and watch it. Like he's <laughs> that that detailed with everything. Like all of his pits. There's stories where he had uh, when he was on the San Angelo store. Larry Lewis would have to go out there and like. Well, all I need you to do is lower the rack one inch. It's not cooking right. And they would drive from Dallas to San Angelo, cut it, drop it down one inch. He could have found a fabricator there. No, nope. if he wants his guys, they come out there and lower it. He's like, okay, now it's cooking right. And I've seen him in Livingston. We lit a pit. <clears throat> Just let it burn. He opened up the doors and looked in there, and he goes, so much ain't working right. And he'll t- sit there and 
tell you every spot where I was messed up. And there's not even food on this pit. Dude, it's amazing. That's, that's amazing, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Coming from an outsider perspective, as somebody from my background, which is zero barbecue, to just fully immersing myself in it. No, it's Kmart. Yes, Kmart barbecue. <laughs> Sorry. Offset. Hashtag Kmart. Blue light special. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, to come in here, I remember my first week here, Roland's just sitting back there. You know, he's just sitting. And, and he will act like, the best part about Roland, is my favorite part about him, is he will act like he doesn't know a damn thing. Like, he'll just act like he's just kind of just growing along like some, you know, dude at a retirement home that's just, just kind of watching Jeopardy and this is no big deal. But he, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be working and I'll just kind of catch glances over at him and he is watching every single fucking thing you do. He doesn't <laughs> And he, ne- yeah, he's like a damn elephant. He makes elephants look bad as far as Mary's concerned. <laughs> Because he will, he will sit there and just watch you and judge you. And, and you, you know for a fact that he is keeping record of every single thing you do. And so that's, like, part of the reason why he's here, you know, is to watch. And so, I, like, I, you know, once you figure that out, you're watching him. And, you know, if you, you use that work ethic that you get from just working in the industry in general. But, yeah, that R- Roland is a – he's a rare breed. You know, he's, he's something else. And you're talking about a man who, when he was working, he worked seven days a week, 16 hours a day. It's a, it's that generation, you know, that um, <coughs> I, I think we're the, the generation that saw that and we aspire to that. Yeah. But, you know, we can never be half the man our fathers were is always my feeling. Um, and we, uh, you know, right or wrong, we kind of look down to the, the next couple of generations because they just don't seem to have that ethic that's just – it's unbelievable right. how much they, how much effort they put into things without thinking twice and, and without complaining. You know, my, my dad mm-hmm. never complained that I can remember about his hours of work or or anything, and he, he worked his ass off. And, you know, exactly. you see that a lot in this business as well. Uh, barbecue is not an easy business to be in. You know, you know, um, I know Scott thinks it's a lot easier than fine dining maybe, but – um, which which could very well be true, but it's also on a different talent level than most <laughs> human beings. <laughs> right. Well, and it, but it is. I mean, it, it is. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of hours. Um, I think you guys have put in a, a ton of effort. Um, I think it's shown in a very short time that, you know, it's not like Bodacious wasn't here before. It's not like they weren't putting out quality product, but you elevated it to a point that, you know, obviously people took notice. Um, an entire staff at Texas Monthly took notice. Um, you've achieved top ten, <coughs> putting out great product. You're also still contributing to the community, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, any anything else we want to touch on, and you know, we'll go take a look at the pits in a few um, minutes. At the Texas Monthly Meetup, um, I forget her name. Is it Pat Sharp? Sharp. Pat Sharp. Yeah. I met Pat Sharp, and she's like, "I've been wanting to meet you," and I'm like, "Looked at her like <laughs> me." She's like, "Yes," and we got to talking for a long time. She's very intelligent. Very intelligent woman, very sophisticated. I, I just fell in love with her, and she said, "You know, out of all the top ten, you're the only place that I didn't get to eat at." And I, you know, she gets the final call on all this stuff, and she's like, "You're the only one I never out of the top ten that I did not eat at." I had to take Daniel Vaughn's word for it, and I, I'm glad I took his word because she was very impressed with us at who we were, more of who we were, and the food too. And she was. Very interested in our innovation with food, with with what we did with food that night compared to, you know, we, this is a barbecue event, and we're taking pastrami, burning, and boudin. That sounds stupid. Yeah, candy bars. Like, and candy bars <laughs> with 
beef bacon in them. I mean, it sounds stupid on paper, but... but there, was, there was so much moisture and soul in what you guys did. <laughs> There's a lot of soul in them. And our rib yeah. sandwich sales went up. <laughs> <coughs> but um, that, to me, when, when Pat told me that, I thought that was a very cool moment. That was a my, great, for great my, compliment. For yeah. my, a com- it was a very great compliment from somebody. I'm like, wow, you're, you had last call and you didn't even eat here? Because I'd never seen her before. I didn't know who she was until she introduced herself. And she's like, are you Jordan? I was like, yes. Because people know your name in this business now, especially, you know, with the Texas Monthly. I don't know anybody. And they're like, hey, Jordan. I'm like, how you doing? I'm like, What's up, you? You know, anybody's name. And they just wanted. Where's Scott at? I'm like, uh, back there. Why? I'm like, oh, I just want to see which one was which. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. I'm the short one. <laughs> I'm the, the rather fat one, and he's the little. It's like Kurt Cobain and uh, Chris Novoselic. You know, I'm like tower over you. And, Dropping the Nirvana reference. Are you saying I'm a genius? They weren't sponsored. (laughs) It's a little late for that. But this whole thing's been a crazy ride, and I thought that it would start dying down, you know, we'd kind of start leveling out, but it just gets busier and busier and busier every week. And we just hired people. Like, we were a four-person staff doing all this shit. And... I wanted to try to keep us like that as long as we can, but you know what? If one person can't make it that day, you're fucked, and everybody's got to switch everything they're doing. We need help, and I finally bit the bullet, and I hired some help, and it was for the better. Mr. Bingham. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Bingham. Mr. Bingham. Um, well, we'll do uh, one more question, and then we'll uh, take a look at pits, and we'll let you guys you know, actually enjoy a little bit of time off. Um, no such thing. <clears throat> What's the what's the future of this bodacious location? Like, is there you know is it status quo? You're just going to try to keep turning out the product? Or there is there anything coming down the pipe? Any changes? Obviously, you know you guys have a fantastic menu. You're serving fantastic barbecue. Um, is there anything in the future for bodacious, or is it you want to maintain what you're doing now? You want to keep improving every day. Uh, what's in store for the next? Uh, foreseeable future for Bodacious Barbecue? For me, it's... I want to maintain and also grow as a... Not, I'm not talking about growing in other locations, so don't get this wrong. People. I want to grow... As, I'm not an actual business owner, but I am kind of in a way. I don't officially own this place, but I want to grow as a... I don't know... I just want to grow here. I don't want to go anywhere else. I just want to maintain and grow at the same time. I'm really excited. We got stickers coming in like a week. Like I'm fucking giddy about stickers and a brisket rub. Yeah, it's going to be that yellow sign. Like Nancy made that yellow yeah. sign for yeah. Rolling. Yeah, to be clear, it's, it's stickers. It's business stickers, bodacious stickers. Not passport stickers. Not passport stickers. Fuck those stickers. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, part two. <laughs> but uh, that kind of stuff. I, I like this portion of it. Like, Not only do I get to be with the people and cooking barbecue, but like I've, got, I've, I've designed a brisket rub and we're fixing to have that in our bags and I've designed the the labeling for it and that's been a long process god almighty it's a long process 
and then stickers. It's been almost a year. Yeah. We're trying to get our sauce. Yeah, yeah. Part of that's our own fault. But yep. it's, it's, no, it's, it's like everything takes a long time, and I'm patient. I'm totally cool with it. It's um, You kind of have your your hit dates when you want stuff to be released, and you know it's going to be time before all this stuff comes out. And I'm excited about the stickers and, and selling a brisket rub. That You don't see very many of those out there, and I thought that – our brisket's pretty good, I think, and I'd like to sell a rub for it. People are always asking, what do you put on it? What do you put on it? And I'm like, just wait. Just wait. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's it's a it's a good thing, marketing of the brand, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, these days, social media, obviously, there's lots of, of opportunities. That's what I want to do. I want to grow our brand. I don't want to grow it. I don't want to grow more stores and grow that way. I want to grow it as. You want to sell your brisket rather Kmart? Yes. I want to yes. sell it. Every time you buy one of those pits, there's a bag, there's of, a bag of rub that comes It just taped to the yes. inside so it won't shake. It's, it'll be a really big hit in Wyoming <coughs> after fantastic this. Fantastic offset pits. Yeah. But I want to grow in the minds of people. I don't want, I'm not necessarily talking about making more places and all that. I want, I want people to know about Roland's legacy. He's the one that people need to be interviewing, not me. He's the one that. He's laid so much foundation for me. All I did was walk in and start cooking barbecue. I had the easiest job. I don't have to make sauce. All I got to do is purchase it from them and spices. They did all the hard work. He already made all the pits. He designed them. It's 40 years. Three of them are 40 years old, and they've been played with for 40 years. Like, all I had to do was cook on them. The man's a legend. He's a barbecue legend. He's the legend, and, like, I get all this... And, and I think oh, a lot of people don't, you know, especially us. Yeah, I'm originally from Austin, Corpus, and then Houston. But a lot of us that don't come to East Texas or don't come to Dallas mm-hmm. area, yeah. we've never heard of Bodacious, or yeah, what we've heard of is is very minimal. Yes. And so, you know, as we've read, and, and Daniel Vaughn's done a lot of publicizing, which is great. Um, learning more about, you know, the the legacy of, of Bodacious, the legacy of Roland, even even Bewley's and the connection with Bewley's. Yeah. Um, understanding the the pit design, which is very different than most of the others, it is. It's very, um, very, very, very interesting, and I think that I think you're doing a great job with that legacy as well. I that to me that I want to be the person that educates somebody about who Roland was, not only as a barbecue guy but as a person. There's his his biggest saying is you can't outgive God. And he he's the biggest giver. He has done so much for so many people. In the business, as family and everything, he's just—he's got the biggest heart ever, and I want people to see that and how great his products are, and just everything about him. I'm just like—I'm—I'm I'm his biggest fan. I really am, and I'm so lucky to get to—to to get to come into this place, cook in his shoes, and you know, and cook on his pits and his place that started everything and there's not a luckier person on earth as far as I'm concerned than me. A great great opportunity and I think you've done really well yeah. with it too. The best part is he's starting to resemble Roland so everybody thinks he is his <laughs> Nine out of the ten people from he out of is. town say, Are you Roland's son? Yeah, are, you, are, you, are you Roland Junior? <laughs> no, I'm a Jackson. <laughs> yes. He's a Lindsay. So great. <laughs> well, I think that's as good a note as any to to, uh, to end this portion of the podcast on. So we uh, thank you to Scott, thank you to Jordan, and uh, he, uh, he's not he's not here in the room right now. But uh, thank you to Roland, um, who who began this great legacy here at Bodacious Barbecue, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you in a bit.